I'd like to take a minute to thank this week's sponsor, Duluth Coffee Company. Duluth Coffee Company holds a special place in my heart. Not only is their coffee amazing, but they're the first local business to not only believe in what we're doing here at Unsigned Pop Punk and the Where Did All My Friends Go podcast, but to sponsor an episode and help us fund this project. Duluth Coffee Company started with one person's love of coffee, roasting it out of his garage and delivering it with his old F-150. Now you can find Duluth Coffee Company anywhere from online to grocery stores to restaurants and their own cafe and roastery in downtown Duluth, Minnesota. You can shop for all things Duluth Coffee Company at www.duluthcoffeecompany.com. They have everything from their coffee and coffee subscriptions to merch and equipment. And if you're in the Duluth, Minnesota area, stop by the cafe, get some coffee, and let them know that Unsigned Pop Punk sent you. Thank you so much again to Duluth Coffee Company for sponsoring this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Where Did All My Friends Go, a podcast about life in the music industry. Today, we've got Liz and Zach from the band Gold Steps with us. Welcome to the show. Hey. Thanks for having us. Heck yeah. So, as uh, for anyone that doesn't know, you guys are currently on tour. How's the tour been going so far? Pretty good. Yeah, um, good. We're playing a lot of new cities, which is really, really cool for us. We were in Knoxville last night. Actually, I don't think... We've only ever played Tennessee once before, um, so this was kind of cool. Um, we got to play Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which was really fun. Um, played a couple new places up in the East Coast, so it's been really cool to to be on uh, on a on a on tour with um, you know headliners again. And it's our last tour that was this long was in 2019, so it feels good to be back and being out there every night and getting used to all of the fun kinks and changes and uh that always pops up on tour yeah oh, yeah uh say we can fly and johnny gilbert they have the best fans yeah. uh we've we've never like as a band like we've never signed as many things as we have like and taken so many photos with new fans it's it's been amazing it's been a crazy experience yeah, that's that awesome so that's awesome that's super exciting how how long are you guys out for uh, it'll be a whole month by the time we're done with it. Our first date was September 30th. Last date will be October 30th um, in Burnsville, Minnesota. Nice, nice, nice. My home state. Gonna try and okay. I know that uh, uh, me and a couple of the other guys on the team are gonna try and make it out to the show. So. Oh, oh sick! Sweet. Well, let us know because we'll you know we can go. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Come yeah. say hi to me. Yeah. Cool. So. <laughs> be able to find us awesome yeah <laughs> and uh because one of our, our team members is a uh, gilbert vara who, yeah, gibby. Uh, yeah gibby so uh i think he's gonna try and make it out and we'll hang out and it'll be nice time oh, so you guys well, you guys just released your new album that ain't it on the 7th tell us a bit about the album and working with nick thompson awesome yeah, so we kind of ended up working with Nick by accident. Um, so that ain't it spans like writing sessions across like almost four years, which is kind of crazy to think about. So we have 
Um, in 2018, we were getting off of a short tour and we had plans to record um, some new songs, like write a couple things with Rick King at King Sound. And we were actually supposed to be working with Kevin from Hit the Lights, um, but he had something come up last minute. So Rick was like, hey, don't panic. Um, let me make a few calls and see what, what I can you know, make happen. And so he convinced Nick. I don't know if Nick just felt bad for us or something, but he convinced Nick to come down and like immediately, like it, at first it was like a little like, oh my God, I'm meeting Nick Thompson. He like sings for one of my favorite bands. But we just right. clicked immediately because we're all super immature and have terrible, gross senses of humor. So we connected very well. Um, so that was when we started working with Nick. We just, we, we all have the, the same weird sense of humor. We are just kind of odd ducks in that way but we we felt each other out really well and um we started writing with him we wrote empty space and under attack which we ended up releasing as singles in 2019 mm -hmm. and then right before our big tour with calling all captains and uh settle your scores in early 2019 zach and i had actually gone back to rick king and brought uh nick came up with us and we spent three weeks in the studio writing demos to kind of pitch out to labels um three of those four songs made the record the other one, we just uh, wanted to take some more time with it and maybe we'll end up coming back to it at another time. Sure. Um, and then in the middle of all that, right after we got back from tour, we met up with Rick again, uh, wrote a song that didn't end up making this record either. Um, and we decided that we were kind of ready for a change of pace. Um, so Zach and I moved to Milwaukee from Austin in summer of 2019. And then as soon as we were like, hey, you know, we're settled now. Let's start getting things back together. We both found, you know, jobs. Uh, then COVID hit. So derailed our plans quite a bit. And then as we entered the end of 2020, we figured, you know, let's keep moving. Like, we, we are making it through this pandemic. We need to live for something. So let's get it back going. And that's when we ended up uh, meeting up with a drummer, Mike, uh, who uh, wasn't able to make this tour, unfortunately, uh, with work. Um, but we do have our bassist, Ryan. He's over here making a sandwich. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, we met up with him. And so we finally had like a complete band by early 2021. And then we had Rick and Nick come up to Milwaukee. And we wrote the last three songs that ended up making the album um, in our living room, essentially. We tracked everything there except drums. Um, and then we were set to start releasing stuff. We released Stay the Same in January 2022. Um, after we were finally able to get like a video and stuff done for it. And then we had been having some talks with Revival Recordings. Yeah. Who we had signing with, um, which is again, what delayed the album again. Because <laughs> sure. we had to set things up with them and make sure that we could get some singles out, some videos done. So the road to this album took about four years total. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's been a long time coming. And it will never take that long again. <laughs> I hope um, not. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I, hopefully between the next time we start recording songs, there isn't another global pandemic, you know, like right. maybe just an accident would be, you know, <laughs> a small one, just a very small one, just enough to scare us all into being good people again, right? That'd be nice. <laughs> I I think it, anything to scare people into being good again would be cool. <laughs> right? Like, like, we need some UFOs or somebody, something to land here and just be like, hey, y'all, quit it. Well, look, Tom's back with Blink-182. Maybe he's going to start, you know, we got that. Maybe he's going to start telling us some secrets. He better. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want to, like, put it into their songs, you know, like into lyrics. 
cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's a secret message that we're beaming out into the well, at the outside of the atmosphere. I don't know space very well. It's kind of terrifying. Nobody does. Just, just space. Just out to space. That'll do. Put out there, and then they'll be like Tom, our savior, and then they'll. I agree. I agree. I think I think this is the way to go. Let's, let's take this path. <laughs> so you, you have, hmm? yeah. Oh, I was gonna say this is how all of our podcasts go. Like all of our conversations and interviews. Like you asked a very simple question and I gave you an eight minute long answer, and we ended up nowhere near where you intended. No, no, that's great. That's fantastic. My only concern is because I I have to be overly prepared for myself, so I have to write everything out. And I just have to make sure within that answer that you haven't already answered other questions. <laughs> so with that, you did bring up that you moved to Milwaukee in 2019. What prompted that move then when you already had a successful or like a following in Texas? Uh, I would say being homesick was a huge part of it. So I grew up in Milwaukee, just outside in a suburb. Um, I miss my family. Um, a lot of, of you know, our ties to Texas were based with Zach's family. Okay. Um, not that we knew each other before I moved there or anything. We both ended up moving to Austin around the same time and just happened to meet um, playing music together. And then we started dating and got married. But what before, I guess, before we go further with that, what moved, what made you move to Texas in the first, was it school or? A boy. A boy. It's always <laughs> a, boy a boy or a girl. Boy I've done moved. it too. Yeah, I moved there for this boy. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, no, I, I, I moved out there looking for music, and uh, I write BMX, and it was like the BMX capital as nice. well as capital. So uh, that's one of the main reasons why I moved there, and I ended up uh, moving more towards looking for a band. Nice, nice. So then, so what? So then you moved back uh, to Milwaukee for, for family and to be closer to, to family then? Yeah, all my family spread out through Texas and other places as well. So I figured, hey, we'd find somewhere where we had a home base. Yeah, my family's all very close to each other. So they, I mean, literally like my parents and my brother, my older brother are at like all of our shows. So like, it's nice to, I just kind of miss being around family. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, in my gut, I was like, huh, I wonder if like somehow my, the world was telling me to come home. Um, so that I could be with closer to my family when all that stuff happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I just got homesick. I had actually never wanted to move to Austin in my life. I was like, Oh, this place sounds so overrated. Why would I ever leave the greatest city in the world, which is Milwaukee? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I ended up moving down there. And then since I was already down there, I was like, well, I was already starting to pursue music again up in Wisconsin. So I just figured I'd keep doing that. And along the way met, met this wonderful person. Met this well, stud. She failed to mention one crucial part of the story as well. Even with finding Mikey and Ryan back here hiding behind the shirt, um, we just about two weeks ago got our old guitarist back. His name's Alex. We also convinced him that Milwaukee is better than Austin. Yeah. It's true. Tell all your friends. (laughs) I mean, I like Milwaukee. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's the it's in the midwest uh you know mid midwest is best okay that, that's you know. true great lakes great people great cheese great oh cheese. very good cheese breweries got a plug my brewery that i work for lakefront brewery heck yeah i like it so go- them for- hmm? 
<laughs> so gold step started you guys started doing this in like 2016 um you guys released your first ep louder than words and even got to open up for the ataris in your first year can can you tell us a little bit about how the band started and how that first year went well the band actually started by us leaving our asshole drummer who uh <laughs> tried to control our relationship and said we could not date mm. so we we took that as fuel yeah we... so we split off and and made gold steps together which you know kind of felt great actually yeah um, but starting off we just wanted to hit the ground running uh in austin we tried to play every single show uh we were known as like the pinch hitter right hitter band that just wanted to like hop in and if somebody dropped off a show we were right there we were hey. and we were like we'll play that show yeah you like, guys need an opener Acu- acoustic we'll do yeah. it Shit. we'll get it we'll be right there be right down yeah and sometimes that can be annoying but i mean hey we got our name out there pretty quick you gotta hustle yeah exactly what was it like coming back after COVID? You know, so we talked a little bit about COVID. So after like a year of silence, what thoughts were going through your head and how was the response you received? We basically, I mean, just moving up here, we moved up here during COVID. So mm-hmm. we did have to start over completely. It felt like uh, new fans, new people, new city, um, just basically branching out and trying to play as many shows again as we could you'd think we'd reinvent ourselves but we did not (laughs) (laughs) we you know we just kind of wanted to be back where we were like we took such a long break and i think the thing with covid what made us realize it is that for me it kind of snapped me back to like okay if i were gonna die tomorrow as morbid as this sounds what did i want the rest of my life what did i want to have spent it doing and Mm -hmm. since i this break from music I realized how much of a part of me it really is and how much it really fuels my personality like we moved up to Milwaukee and nobody knew who our band was like we played Summerfest a couple times but on like a very small independent stage and I found myself introducing myself to people as hi I'm Liz and they're like Liz what do you do where do you come from and I would be like I sing in a band called Gold Steps and so it just always came up in the conversation because it was so, it was such a big part of my life. And for a minute, I thought maybe I wanted to move away from that and like develop an identity outside of it. But it really truthfully just is who I am. Like it's, it's just so much of a part of me. And I think that made us like, once we decided like it was go time again, we were like, shit, we've been through this ringer before. We know how to hit the ground running. We know how to get back to where we were. And we just never stopped from there. So we had one giant break. And now there's no more breaks ever. No more breaks for life. We're done. So you guys were able to play um, the final full Warp Tour in 2018. Did you not play it? Not the full Warp Tour. Well, we yeah, always... but you you got to play one date of the final yep. full Warp yeah. Tour. What was that experience like? Incredible. Like, when we submitted for it, it was through Reverb Nation. Reverb oh, Nation. Reverb Nation. And- there you go. And uh, they so had Warped Tour submissions, and our the Austin our Austin page for uh, Reverb Nation just looked amazing. I don't know <laughs> why, but it said like our fans were like ten thousand people, and it was like insane for our Reverb Nation. So we submitted, and we got it. And I mean, just being able to say that, we like freaked out. 
um, and being able to play the last one, man, the whole day we we planned a whole music video around it. We shot vacancies mm-hmm. at at Warp Tour, um, so it was just basically our video experience of the whole day. Yeah, we got to bring a couple friends along as crew, and it just it felt really really cool. Like we got to go to the barbecue afterwards um, yeah. and karaoke with people which was really cool and eat burgers and hot dogs and stuff. And Pierre from simple plan told our drummer at the time that I was a good singer. And I thought that was really cool. (laughs) Um, Kevin Lyman for a little bit and just tell him, thank you for like creating warp tour, because I don't know if without warp tour, I don't know if I would have gotten so into the community. Um, You know, being a kid from a suburb, like, yeah, we had like screamo bands that played at like the VFW halls. But I didn't realize, you know, other than like listening to the radio, that there was this huge community out there. And if I was like a warp Tour kid for life, like I would save up all my babysitting money and blow like $400 on merch in one day, um, you know, and come home with like the worst sunburn of my life and bruises oh, yeah. on my page from the barricades. And that was just what you did. Like you look forward to it all year. And so to see it come to an end was kind of a kind of a bummer. But I didn't think when we knew it was ending, I didn't think we'd ever get that chance to play. And that had been on my bucket list for pretty much my whole life. It, so. it sparked up some memories just thinking about that day too. Um, Alan and Dan from four years strong were serving burgers and meals at the end because they do a big cookout every yeah. night at mm-hmm. um, the show. And uh, yeah, that's where we, we met here and uh, it was funny getting served burgers by four years strong. <laughs> I yeah they so one of the fun things that, that there's so many um behind the scenes things that happen at Warp Tour. I was lucky enough to be able to I worked for a company called Plug Your Holes and yeah. I was okay. I was yeah, able to do What's that? We visited the tent multiple times, yeah. Cuz wasn't um from sophomore slump working Yeah, Plug Your I think holes? so. There Maybe. were a couple friends of ours that we knew that were like helping out for the day, and they were okay. either right next to the plug your holes tent or something. Yeah, getting right. mixed up. Definitely visited it. So when I worked for when I was working with plug your holes, I was lucky enough to get to do two like full years of warp tour, and it's really fun to see how much, like how many like different things people do, you know, behind the scenes, uh, like um, uh you know, man overboard, you know, Nick Bruzesi and stuff. He used to sell like coffee and, and things like that before doors opened. And there's just so much random like things that just happen. And those, those barbecues after every night of warp tour, cause it was every night, you know, it's just fun. It was such a great community. Yeah. And the karaoke and stuff like that, that, mm-hmm. that was a blast. Yeah. <clears throat> so like, Hopefully, you know, with this resurgence of, of pop punk, you know, we got the new announcement for when we were young fest. You know, maybe maybe, Kev, maybe Kevin will bring back Warp Tour. Maybe. I wonder. I mean, because so now the thing is, it almost feels like you know, instead of like when all your friends get married at home, now everybody has a destination wedding, and it's so expensive to like go to all these different festivals. Whereas like Warp Tour came to you, right? And now it's kind of. I mean, I don't know who's. I certainly can't afford to go to all of these. We had to oh, miss no. Riot here because we were saving up for a tour. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it ends up getting so expensive. So it's like, I don't, 
the thing about Warp Tour was that it was always relatively affordable. The tickets were never more than like, I think they got to be what, as bad as like maybe 70 towards the end. Yeah. It was much. always affordable. You could see as many bands or as few bands as you wanted. Like it just, it was, you know, it always felt to me like it had no business being as good as it was. And it was so good for so long that the only reason it came to an end is still a mystery to me. Like I can't, other than that, maybe Kevin didn't feel like he had somebody else lined up who could handle it or wanted to handle it or Maybe he just he felt it was so time. many reasons. We listened to that podcast. He, he had multiple reasons. That's why, true. But... It, it turned, I mean, a lot it, of it turned, egos ruined everything, I guess. Yeah. And attendance started to slump a lot as well, which, you know, which is a bummer because, you know, especially once again, pre-pandemic, you know, the people just started taking advantage of the fact, well, it's always here. I'll just go next year. And it's like, well, what if it doesn't? And then it didn't. And then you killed Warp Tour. You killed it. Speaking <laughs> of, you just tilt this down and it's right there. Hell yeah! Look at that. I love <laughs> that. That's great. So speaking of Warp Tour, so you guys have had the opportunity to play hundreds of shows, you know, and many big festivals such as South by Southwest, Warp Tour, So What, you know, the Bar Down Breakfast. What? With both types of shows being completely different, what would you say you like playing more? Like regular shows or big festivals? I, I like festivals. <laughs> honestly, I like them all for different reasons. Festivals, you finally get to spread out. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of time to move around on a stage, but it might feel like you're playing to a smaller crowd because they're also spread out. Right. Um, you know, like one giant, like when we played So What?, it was, you know, there are like, you know, a few, there are a handful of people are like, we were playing two people, but it felt so spread out that mm -hmm. we felt like we were playing to anybody. Whereas we played Columbus a few nights ago and there was maybe 60 people there, but it felt like the room was just like slammed full Still, of people. Because it was a small room, right? Yeah. So, I mean, but it was a tiny stage. We couldn't really move around as much. Um, so I guess there's different, you know, ideally... I mean, you can't really top Warp Tour, let's be real. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> a couple hundred people who were having the time of their lives. We were having the time of our lives. Um, but I think in some instances, I'd rather play to any crowd that's engaged. Because that's the other thing, too. Sometimes you play at a stage that people are just waiting for somebody else. You don't mean anything to them. So you have to win them over, which is also a fun challenge. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we've learned how to do that a lot on this tour. We have, sure. yeah. Because like literally every night we're like, hey, so who's here has ever heard of us before? Who here has ever heard of Gold Steps? And then it has to be like, okay, now put your hand down if it was the Neck Deep song you've heard, because we definitely took our name from that. But, <laughs> like, if you've ever actually listened or heard of us, the band, before right now. And, like, there's no hands. You know, like, maybe one or two if we're lucky. Last night, I think there was four or five. Yeah, we were cool. like, what? Um, but then, by the end of the show, every night, we have people coming over that, like, they were like, we didn't know what to expect. But that was awesome. And it is kind of weird, too, because we're a full band on an acoustic tour, essentially. Like, we are, like, loud and in your face and super energetic. Right. And then we, like, wake everybody up. And then they're present and ready to, like, emotionally pour their hearts out with Johnny. Yeah. And ready to get sad. All right. So we, like, bring them up so they can, you know, get into their feelings. And they can ride that right. emotional wave. Right. Like, we just want to, like, jerk everybody back and forth. 
Isn't that what life is? It's just a bunch of emotions going like this. One hundred percent. Was a cardinal? I think it was. Sorry, there was a cardinal out the window. Mm-hmm. I love cardinals. Where, where are you guys at right now? We are hanging out in a church parking lot in Nashville. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, parking expensive, all right? Yeah. We were like, where can we park that seems quiet and out of the way? And we're, we're meeting up with somebody at a studio like a block over. So we were just like, well, we don't want to park in front of their space and think, you know, creep them out. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. We're so, used to parking parking lots and hoping we don't get caught or in trouble. Oh, yeah. I typically like whenever like we'd be on tour and stuff we would always just do walmarts anytime you could find a walmart just park in the back of the walmart yeah behind the walmart that you could yeah any anywhere just as far out of the way as possible we've been we've been doing the planet fitness tour so we all go to planet fitness okay that's where we get ready we shower there we'll work out most days um usually they have decent wi-fi there's tv and stuff um, yesterday I sat on the floor in the lobby just to charge my laptop and got back up and it was very painful because it was a very hard floor. But I mean, <laughs> we go to Planet Fitness like every single day and like we figured that out early on that that was a good keeper tour. Because yeah. as we found out, a lot of people just don't shower on tours and yeah. I would die. <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's, that's understandable. There's a, the reason, we, like one of the reasons we ever always would do walmart is because for at least for a long time it was that was something that the like they like i guess didn't didn't encourage but they were they were widely known for like not being open and accepting for like big vehicles and like you know to be able to park there to rest and do that sort of stuff and like they wouldn't bother you i don't know why it's so discouraged like honestly like Yes, we're a band on tour, so I feel like we get a couple more breaks because we're like, oh, we're so tired. We just played a show. Please don't kick us out. Like, we'll be good. We promise. Plus, we all have memberships. So, like, a property manager tried to kick us out of a parking lot of a plant fitness, and it was, like, the middle of the morning. It was, like, 11 a.m. <laughs> and so I said to the manager, I was like, hey, like, I know, like, we've been going in and out. Like, we're in a band. That's our bus back there. That's our trailer. And she was like, oh, let me go talk to him. Like, you guys are fine. Like, like obviously, like, we're paying members of your fitness club. Right. And it wasn't, like, morning, which would have been more, like, weird. But also, they're open 24 hours, so we can also play that benefit of the doubt. of Like, no, no, no. We have somebody in there who's working out at this very second. <laughs> a paying member. We have a right to be here. But I just don't know why, like, it, it, so, especially in, like, not to get all political, but right. in times of economic downturn, a lot of people have lost their housing. Or they just don't have, you know, the wherewithal to get into a place right away. Sure. So you have a lot of people in their cars and the crackdown on people. Like, if somebody's just taking a nap, like, who are they harming, first of all? Right. Is that parking spot, is it, is it like, you know, in front of a desirable location where that's the only parking spot somebody could have? No. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we just let people exist? Like, why are we punishing people for being down on their lock or, like, not having a place to stay? Like, what are we supposed to do? We can't go afford to, like stay at a hotel every night we have to be somewhere we're mm-hmm. contributing to society i pay taxes like just leave me alone let me take a nap i agree yeah like there's no reason it's like it's not a big deal it's not bothering the person's not bothering anybody and so it's just like let them be they'll leave <laughs> if, they're, if they're actively like i don't know burning things down in front of their car sure maybe that's something we should question and check in and see if they're okay 
Um, you know, are they running around naked, like peeing on things? Sure, maybe that's an issue. But I mean, yeah. just people existing in their car, like it's a piece of property they own. Like, just let people be. I don't know. It's a we're in a weird time right now. People are people are strange yeah. right now, man. Um, yeah. But back to more positive stuff. Alternative <laughs> Press named you one of 13 artists who are reclaiming the pop punk scene. Can you recall a time when you took a step back and were like, wow, like, is this really happening? I mean, we were kind of like, we were super stoked because I think uh, Jetty Bones was on that list and meet me at the altar. And we were like, fuck yeah, we have no business <laughs> being in this list. This is great. <laughs> um, we were also pretty flattered because they stuck us on a list um, that was like the best pop punk band or something in every state. And we made it for Wisconsin and we had literally like just moved there. Yeah, everyone's like, who the hell are they? Cold <laughs> <laughs> steps. We didn't have a chance of being named the best pop punk band in Texas. So we moved to Wisconsin just to claim that title. Nah. Um, but it was it was really cool. Um, we've been lucky enough to have a couple of people who've worked at Alt Press that somehow came across us and liked us and, and put us in a list, which was really neat. Um, I wish they still made printed copies because I would have bought many to just frame and hand out to my family right i'm like that <laughs> um but it was really cool um i don't i i guess i don't know how much we're reclaiming i feel like we've always gotten the um comment that we remind people of the good old days of pop punk <coughs> mixed with some new stuff or yeah. like which is really cool i mean that's i mean obviously we grew up on some of the old guard like warp if you went to warp tour like you still were always exposed to like those older bands, like, you know, bad religion and no effects and um, the offspring and things like that. So there was some sort of, you know, obviously they were on the radio too a lot, but then as we grew into like these like second and third and fifth waves. Oh my God. He's a big old fat Cardinal. I'm sorry. I have no attention to him. Um, yeah. But basically it, it felt awesome. But at the same time, we were like, why? Why us? Why were we chosen? But it, it felt good because at the time we hadn't released anything in months. And now we have, like literally last week. And if anything, our album is more confusing because I don't think it's as pop punk as people were expecting it to be. I think it's fan fantastic start to finish. So. Oh, really? Absolutely. What's your, song? What's your favorite song so far? Yeah. Honestly, I have to say because it is Stay the Same. I put it on I put that song on my um so one of the playlists we have on unsigned pop punk is um like I I have my like picks of 2020 and like that's been on my picks of 2020 since I made it so oh yeah awesome <laughs> or 2022 I mean <laughs> so yeah it's all around bop yes I I absolutely love that song it's probably one of my most listened to songs like this year we wrote that one back in February of 2019, and I remember when we were writing it. I hated it. I, <laughs> it. I remember that. I was like, <laughs> what is this? Me and Nick were so stoked out. We were literally like, I think I had recently found out that Mariah Carey had sung in like a hard rock band at some point in her career, and we were joking about like, it sounded like if Limp Bizkit and Mariah Carey, because wasn't there like a feud between Fred Durst and Mariah Carey for a minute? We were like, this is what it would have happened if they had met 
and created music together. That was like, it just felt so ballsy. Like it was such a sassy in your face song. And we hadn't written stuff like that before. Like I'd always been writing, like obviously our 2018 EP Incandescent was very mental health focused. Right. Much more vulnerable and like more like inward looking. And then I felt like as we started to write these new songs with Nick, like there was like this, this part of my brain that was starting to turn over into being like, okay, so instead of being like, woe is me and kind of looking back on the things that have made me feel lesser than I'm finding strength now in telling people like what it is like being straightforward with them, being blunt, kind of being over the same like cycle of like doing, doing dumb things and making bad decisions. And then instead of being like, Oh, my life, Oh, darn, it sucks. It's like, no, stop it like be better you want to do better you can do it you have to find that strength somewhere if you're not going to find it in yourself you just have to do it you just have to do it Mark. so <laughs> i think that was like that there was a lot of frustration um leading up to that writing session where i was just like kind of tired of like hearing my friends say they were doing the same dumb shit over and over again and then be like why isn't my life changing and then I realized I had done a lot of that too, being like, oh no, I keep ending up in these same situations. Why? Well, because I'm the one who made the decisions that led me there. Also a good popcorn song. What? Why do I put myself in these situations? Is that a song? Yes, it is. I don't know what band it is, but I love it. I don't know. Can't can't think of that offhand. There's another song, though, that I was just thinking about the off of that record that I really enjoy that's I wouldn't say it's like traditional. I really like Gatsby a lot. I think I like, I really enjoy that one. Thank you. That one. It's different, right? Yeah. I just like just... how like just big it sounds. I love that. Yeah. And and that's, that's really the way that Kieran designed it too. In the beginning, like the harmonies are very quiet and it just yeah. like built up into making this bigger song. We do have to thank Nick a lot for that song. So we were struggling re- leading up to that writing session of like, we kept sending stuff and it just wasn't quite like fitting like, like, come on guys, I know you can do better than this. Not necessarily coming from Nick, but like there was definitely this air of like, okay, we're somehow struggling to get back to where we had left off um, as far as like quality of songwriting. So Nick had at one point asked me just to send him everything, every stupid lyric I had, not stupid, but every lyric I had, every voice memo. So I made this big Google folder, right? And, like Google Drive and sent it to him. And there was this like, kind of like a diary, like open letter kind of thing that I had started writing. It was like a journal entry, but it was more of like an apology letter to Zach um, about like our relationship had gotten like, really just like became second to the band for so long. Like we were literally planning our wedding and writing a record at the same time that ended up being incessant. So it was like, that kind of always felt like our relationship always came secondary, even though without the relationship, this band wouldn't exist. Um, but I'd written this like diary journal entry thing and Nick literally lifted like word for word, like sentences and created this beautiful opening verse. And he sent that to me, like the verse in the pre-chorus. So it was my words and his melodies. Mm -hmm. And then from there I was like, oh my God, I can totally feel how this like put like is fitting together. So I wrote the second verse and the bridge and Nick being Nick decided like you know what this song really needs a key change and I was like this is already like really like right here for me like I might have trouble hitting this in the studio and then he was like no you can do it 
oh, okay, so I have to? And he's like, yep, yes, you have to, because that's what's going to make the song. And I was like, okay, fine. So I drank a lot of brandy and <laughs> was able to hit those notes. Um, just, it is went, just went for it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Nick brings out the best in me as begrudgingly as I am about it. <laughs> Nick's he a great man. He is really. He really is. He's one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. And we write great things together, luckily. So he's definitely, he continues to be an inspiration to me. Yeah, but like, it's funny because like my older band, we actually got our name from Hit the Lights. And so I was telling Nick about that because we just had him on the show um, oh. a little while, a little few episodes back. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was what, just what like was it? Uh, cities never sleep. Cities never sleep. When you're gone. gone. Yep. <laughs> so long. It's wrong to keep them waiting. <laughs> Absolutely, it was. A, it's sometimes like coming up with a band name is is very difficult. And so at that point in time, when I was trying to come up with something, I'm like, I'm just gonna look through like song lyrics you know pulling up pulling out cds open up the booklet and like is there anything that goes together that it like looks cool <laughs> so he's never sleep that's there awesome we go. that's a great name yeah i mean yeah. it's it's is that not the most pop punk thing though to take i mean all the big bands i think that's why we did it too i mean well part of it was we just really really wanted to write music like the song gold steps by neck deep that was like we were like this is like the banger <laughs> like to end all bangers at the time you i know, mean like, can kick up the root i mean that whole album was amazing life's not to get you should go down in history as one of the best pop punk albums of all time i'm sure it already has but it changed my life album slaps it is a good album so we're going to do one more question before we go to a quick break and then we'll go to our next segment so could you give our listeners one piece of advice that you know now that you wish you knew when you were first starting out? It is going to be so hard and you are going to want to give up, but don't because you might miss out on the best days of your life, the best moments of your life. <laughs> like obviously like check in with yourself. If it doesn't make you happy, like take a step back, but it is going to be so much harder than you ever thought it would be. And no matter what band you've ever thought, just it was so easy. It must have just been like luck. It's not. It's so much work. And don't be afraid to use producers. That's why they're there. They're there to unlock parts of your brain that you can't focus on. Yeah. Every band co-writes. Don't let any like, I don't know why it's such a weird, like, kept secret. Because, like, we had a producer tell us that because we were like, well, we feel like we're we're ashamed. Like we can't do this on our own. And he was like, "My literally? band literally is producing right now with a yeah. producer. Like, come on, like everybody co-writes because you can only exist in a vacuum, right? Like you can't you can't be better than what all that you know. So you need people who know other things, who've seen things, and who can. And you need you know, an outside opinion. Yeah, right. they're the person who helps you get like when you're like up against the wall and you can't think of anything else. They're the one to like pull new ideas in. So that and I mean, just remaining DIY for as long as possible, being able to hone in some of your skills in a band like Ryan. Ryan does all of our graphic design. He's amazing. 
uh, and just having everything in house here is awesome. Like our bus broke down, I fucking fixed it. Like, you know, <laughs> that's, Liz that's nice. <laughs> like it's it's everybody in this band is crucial. I'm the spreadsheet queen. Nice. Yeah, it, that's one of the things that we've brought up and and talked about on multiple episodes of, of the show is that like don't be afraid to go and work with a producer like everybody does you know and like sometimes yeah it's it's tough it can you know being in a band is probably one of the most expensive decisions that you could ever possibly make <laughs> to do but if you love it it's it's worth it and you know, working with a producer doesn't mean that you're you're not good enough to write your own music. That's just not really the way it works. You know, they're there to make if you want the best song possible, then seek an outside of a outside opinion. Maybe it maybe it was perfect. And then that producer will tell you that it was perfect. That's true. I mean, we we were just in the studio with a producer who we like we're, we're most likely going to end up working with. But he was showing us stuff like, Hey, so this is a band. This is a song I did. Hey, let me show you like what their first draft was like, what they sent to me before they came in. And some of it was like, we didn't touch any of this. It was fucking great. Yeah. And then you notice that it's something's kind of missing here or it's the same chord progression, which is great. And it works great for this part, but it kind of just stays here. We want it to go here and then back down here and then down here. And then here, like we want a great intro, but he, you know, sometimes like you get stuck in your own brain and you only know how to write like i think one thing that kills me is like there's a difference between being thematic and like weaving certain lines into songs purposefully or when you hear somebody say the same phrase 10 million times across like an album and you're like did they just not have anything else to say was that intentional I think it mm-hmm. did they stop when they do that yeah but, uh yeah exactly i'm one of those Who people knows? who i hate repeating things right which, uh, writing a good pop song means you need to repeat things and keep it short <laughs> I don't do um but it, it's you know like I I I'm constantly like being like no I refuse to repeat this word so in the next verse I'm gonna find a different word that means almost the same thing and sounds the same but isn't the same I'm a thesaurus nerd and rhyming dictionary I have like four rhyming dictionaries at home smart it's the way to do it I I use the th- thesaurus a lot for a lot of different things <laughs> so I, I definitely get that vocabulary absolutely so with that we're going to take a really quick break and we'll be back with our next segment do you love music videos and miss when mtv vh1 infused all actually played music videos then join me giddy as i host a super awesome music video show on twitch every thursday at 7 p.m central standard time on the unsigned pop punk twitch channel We play the best videos from up-and-coming pop-punk emo alternative music in the scene, so join us every Thursday and find your new favorite band. And we're back. Whoa, that was a nice little whatever you did there. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so we're back. We're going to do our obscure questions segment now. You know, we're going to get a little bit away from, uh, from the, you know, serious music talking. Now we're just going to be kind of goofy and weird here. Love it. You guys ready for that? So living in Texas, you, you guys got a little barbecue in your blood. Where oh. would you say 
was the best place you've ever had barbecue in the country? Franklin's. Franklin's Barbecue in Austin. That's true. That was the best brisket I've ever had. It was just the most moist, melt-in-your-mouth brisket I have ever had. And there's always like a two-hour wait. And they sell sweet. Um, and I think it's twenty five or twenty five to thirty dollars a pound. Yeah, it's ridiculously expensive. I want to give two honorable mentions though. The best sausage I've ever had was Stubbs, which is also a great venue. Yep. I also want to give a shout out to our friend Michael Ray Turner because his brisket was the second best brisket I've ever had, and he makes it at home himself. Homemade, yeah. Wow, is that also in Texas? Are they in Texas or? Yep, they're in San Antonio. We can't wait to see them on tour. I hope, I hope, well, maybe I should send them a message and be like, hey, what do I need to do to yeah. brisket to our show That'd be in San Antonio? Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, and Alex is also from Texas. Um, well, he also agrees. Well, Franklin's. 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 It is worth the wait if you do it at least. Not from Tejas. Oh, that's true. Anywhere in the United States. Pop in, pop your little head in the sunshine here. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) Honestly, there's this place in Chicago, but the name is escaping me. It's in River North, so don't listen to me. I don't remember the name. Was it pretty good, though? It was delicious. Some delicious place in Chicago. But. If we go through Dallas or Fort Worth, Goldie's, I've heard, is like far on the best barbecue anywhere. I mean, we're going there maybe tonight. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Have you guys had Kansas City barbecue? Ooh, I do love Kansas City barbecue sauce. Actually, okay, I will say my favorite sauce, though, is North Carolina-style barbecue because I love mustard. And I think... I think Carolina that's a barbecue. German thing because in Milwaukee, like there's mustard served with literally everything. <laughs> Ketchup is looked down upon as an inferior condiment. Yeah, it's like cat soup. No, we don't say that there. I do. But mustard, a solid whole grain mustard is going to be like your ideal sauce for your sausages, your pretzels and all that good stuff. But that is why I think, and I like vinegar. Who doesn't? People who don't like tangy things. And delicious things. If you don't like vinegar, you don't like flavor. You don't like vinegar, get out of the pot. <laughs> we have so many bags of salt and vinegar chips. I I do. I am a big salt and vinegar uh, chip fan. These are good. I haven't tried that before. Pink Himalayan salt and red wine vinegar. Oh dang, that sounds pretty good. I don't think I. I'll have to look. I've never seen that up here before, up in Minnesota. So. Those are new. Yeah, those are I think they're for Breast Cancer Awareness Month because the bag is pink. Okay. Okay. I also saw that um, the Kettle brand chips, they just came out with an apple cider vinegar flavor. I should have picked that bag up, but I was like, it's a little ridiculous to have eight different bags of different flavored vinegar chips. We have so many chips. But it's worth it. And then your tongue burns like when you eat too many. Like one time we were. under the, we were under the influence, and we ate an entire bag of salt and vinegar chips, and the next day, our tongues could not do anything. <laughs> we need our tongues more than you think. I, yeah. I mean, 
You do. Yeah, I can't even move it. So I so when I was starting to write this, I had one thought that immediately popped into my head, and I'm just wondering oh. if it pops into anybody else's head. So, you know, when you're talking about when you talk to people that you're from Milwaukee, right? Do you ever get those people that immediately quote at you Alice Cooper's famous line from Wayne's World? Milwaukee. Yeah, like isn't isn't Milwaukee a, a Native American name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced <laughs> Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. People thrived on that for a long time. Uh, but actually, we don't get it as much anymore. Not a lot of people, like, I guess nowadays, even quote Wayne's World. Yeah, wasn't I... there going to be a sequel? No, or am I thinking of I Bill think and Ted? So. Well, Bill and Ted did have a oh, new movie come yeah. out. Mm -hmm. But no, um, I can't say we've heard that, like, at all. No. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. That does that does kind of make me sad because I mean honestly that was like the very first thing that popped into my head and I was like I don't want to say anything about it I'm probably like just going to be one of those people and I'm like no I'm going to ask anyway they just know beer they know it's beer and cheese oh yeah good cheese eh oh, all right <laughs> oh yeah eh? sure at least they're not like what's Milwaukee <laughs> which is when I first went to New York as a, like a kid like with my school choir. I remember, like, someone's like, what's Milwaukee? Is that Canada? And we're like, no, it's Wisconsin. And they're like, do you ride cows to school? And we were like, <laughs> there's no. cars in Milwaukee. There's cars in Wisconsin. We, I don't know if you know that. We ride our snowmobiles. What? That was in, like, 2004, too. I mean, like, that's at least more, like, reasonable than do you ride a cow. <laughs> right. I was like, what? Do you not have brains over here? What's that? So I got a question for you. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take to grow that thing? Though? Um, it's been like a little over a year. Jeez. Okay. I cannot grow mine for shit. It takes forever. That's why I was so mad when you shaved it that one time as a surprise. <laughs> surprise. I, uh, I shaved my so like right before this, I I started growing it back. I had shaved it like completely off, and my wife was very unhappy with me which is fair because i look a little awkward right. without it yeah i look like a baby and then it hides the chin you know oh yeah i mean this like this thins me out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. look i look so skinny i mean it's all like you know like when women like when we get bangs and stuff it changes our face and sometimes we want our face to look the way it does with bangs and sometimes we don't um but i would i mean you can do whatever you want. You don't need my permission. But it was definitely a shock. I don't know if that's the kind of prize you wanted to give me for Christmas. Before our trip to Disney World. Where all of our family was going to be. And we took <laughs> so many family photos. And honestly, I shaved everything except for the mustache. And he like, was like, I think you would think it's funny. Like, is it ju just the mustache part? Like, up right. here? Or did it go all the way down? Like this. It was not a... Thanks. Uh, no I burn them all. I think it's worth it. I well, that's them. see, that's one of the fun things though about the facial hair is because I'll tell you right now, at no point does any man just shave it all off, right? No, you gotta do it in stages. There's stages because you wanna see you wanna see like what a goatee'll look like. You know, maybe yep. the sideburns a little bit first as well. 
Yeah, there's a little uh, Patrick Stump look there, you know. Yeah, you got it. There's there's stages with shaving the facial hair off. It's kind of a game. Yeah, doing it all at once was a, just a very large shock to me. <laughs> I had never months. seen your I had face. a mustache. Right, but I had never seen the bottom half of your face before, and it was just so different. <laughs> it was just, it wasn't like, what gross. I expected. If she I shave up my in, eyebrows. She wouldn't look me in the face for like two weeks until <laughs> not... I started getting some stubble back. That's not true. <laughs> That that was pretty similar to what my wife did. She was very, very not happy. Every so time I, we look, finds us of the decisions you make without us around. You're like, just thought his barber thought it would be funny. He was no, like, we had I a couple shots, and we thought it'd be funny. And That's I was why like, I don't is drink it, whiskey. Is it funny? Is it funny now? <laughs> I make bad decisions when I drink whiskey. That happens. So I have one more question, obscure questions. And this one, uh, I was talking to Nick and uh, he was oh. trying to see, we'll see if you guys remember and if you can tell me any little bit more about it. We were trying to figure out, trying to remember a name. Um, it was some sort of, Nick said it was some sort of 90s trailer trash name like Misty or Christine. Um, but you Terry? guys, Terry? you guys had uh, an inflatable yeah, Terry. Scary, scary Terry. Scary Terry. Scary Terry. So he was exactly. way off then. It was Terry. Yeah. Yeah, it was Terry. And so, I, we called it Scary Terry because we had just recently seen that Rick and Morty episode with the. No, and then it was Sailor Terry. Then it, it was, was Sailor, Sailor Terry. Terry for a long time. Um, and then when we moved and sold the bus, we deflated her and threw, threw her, her in her the dumpster. Away. But we kept one part of her. Let's see. Can we find that? Where did I stick? <laughs> just stuck it earlier today. Oh, it's over here. It's in the paper itself. I'll just get it. Here, so I can get it. Okay. All right, whip it out. That's her <laughs> piece. Did Nick tell you why this doll was so important to our friendship? He didn't so... tell me anything. We were okay. talking, and he was just trying to tell me what the inflatable doll's name was, and that's. And then he said <laughs> to ask about it. How did he, how did you guys get on the topic of, was it like, what's the worst gift somebody's ever given you? And he was like, well, Goldsteps gave me this doll one time. <laughs> no, so we were in the studio and that was the same outing where we lucked out and Rick called Nick. No, and... no, this was the second time. This was in February. This was February Excuse 2019. Me, I'm not trying to put this in my mouth. Was... <laughs> but, it's all good. Um, You're just covering was... a burp. I gotcha. <laughs> it was Valentine's Day and Rick and his wife obviously lived in the house that was called the studio. So Nick like, was oh. alone for Valentine's Day. So we thought, I think it was Rick's wife who had the idea to get Nick a friend for Valentine's Day. <laughs> so it came from Amazon. When Nick got in the shower one on Valentine's Day morning, we really hurriedly like unwrapped like, ripped it. Ripped it open, blew it up. It had sanitary like linings over the pleasure <laughs> pack. <laughs> There were four pleasure, four, three, three pleasure packs. Actually, where this was, you could take it out and just do anything. Yeah, so there there was a, it was multi-use that particular uh, pleasure passage, and as we were blowing it up, we could not stop laughing (laughs) because had to blow it up like, kind of like under the butthole. Yeah, it was right. (laughs) So Rick's in there, and his wife and I are like dying, and then we're like, we need to dress it up. But we stuck it um, in Nick's bed while he was showering, and then he came out, and he kind of was like, "Huh," and then he came out and he screamed, like, and he's like, "Oh my god, you guys!" And he and was he, like, he came out to the balcony, and we were all downstairs, just like dying, laughing, and recording, 
And uh, we still have the video. <laughs> yeah, he was like slapping her dick against like the bar. Like it was fucking awesome. And she then rode she down the banister. Rode the, yeah, she rode down. Yeah, it was just. And then we dressed great. her up in some lingerie later and took photos with her in the studio. Uh, it was. She was a she was a welcome presence for a long time. She was time. a crucial member to Gold Steps for we the We brought her on time. tour. Yeah, we brought her on tour with Calling All Captains and Settle Your Scores. And actually, one Brad venue. Brad from Calling All Captains did. Uh, he flipped chicken flipped nuggets. Chicken nuggets off this thing and <laughs> into his mouth. Bottom. We still have those videos as well. Good for, time. For later. <laughs> for I love. I love that how you keep putting it like very prominently right in the camera, and Liz is just like. Just get it out of the camera. <laughs> up in places like we we. Well, this have... is our tour prank, so it ends up under somebody's pillow every night, and you know, it, it was mine last yes, night. Yes, I put it there. Oh, you're you're a butthole. I am, but I'm your butthole. But it's because it's got a suction, but it doesn't work, so it doesn't stay. Yeah, you have to like. It's the seals it. all gone. No. <laughs> no. There it is. Let's see if it'll stay there because it's like I was gonna say because it's you could just see just the tip of it, you know. Just <laughs> oh, so it's my microphone. All right. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that's enough of Scary Terry's. So member. that's yeah. We could have picked a better name, I guess, but I think because at the time we were just like really into that season of Rick and Morty, and we're like Scary Terry because she also. Oh, she came with a four-colored face. Which, what does that even mean? Her, she had blue eyes. I guess beige face, pink lips. I don't. I think black, like mascara, like you fake eyelashes. Run, but you her. can't hide, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Terry, Terry, she was part of our family, and now we just have the one part of her to remember her by. Yeah, well, anyway. I mean, at least you'll always have that to we'll remember. Have Where'd it go? Miss it. <laughs> so we got one qu one segment left now. That's our rapid fire question segment. It's just gonna you're just gonna speak from the heart. You're gonna shoot from the hip. You know, just right whatever it pops into your head first, go with it. Usually, gotta be careful. Sometimes these are a little divisive. We answer like, do we try to answer at the same time, or do we go one to one? Whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's either you or me. Why don't we both answer? No, okay. you, you, you both right. got to answer. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. All right, you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Coke. Diet Coke, specifically. Diet Coke. Yep. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Star Wars. Neither. <laughs> Mario or Luigi? Luigi. Mario. Well, see, that works perfectly. Aw, look at that. Gwen Stefani or Haley Williams? Haley Williams. All day. Every day. Hard shell or soft shell tacos? Hard shell. Doritos Locos. Mm. Big old hard shell, yep. Nice. And this is the last one. Some 41 or yellow card? Ooh, some 41. Some 41. You guys, look at that. You get, Like, you're right here. You guys got that. Like, you're right there. Like, Except for which... Star Wars or Star Trek? I said Star Wars. Oh, okay. He said Star Wars, and you said no. I'm of that. afraid. Get it out. She hates me. Star Wars. I uh, I grew up in a family where half of my family was really into it to the point where it was always 
shoved in my face. And I was like, guys, nothing is that cool. Nothing. So I Except just for gold steps. Nah. <laughs> probably more interesting but i've come around to it i understand most pop culture references because it's unavoidable star trek was one of those things i just never ever got into i think i saw the movie with chris pine it was a jj abrams movie though so i was mm-hmm. mostly distracted by the lens flares yes yeah, constant lens flares mm-hmm. i love it well you guys did it you finished the podcast now's your chance to let everybody know what you have going on where they can find you and what's next Excellent. We are all over the internet. Our social media handle is at goldstepsmke. That's mke for Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, goldstepsmke on literally everything: TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we also have a website, goldstepsmke.com. I think I'm pretty sure that's it. Anyways, we're also on every streaming service. Nailed it. <laughs> um, we're on every streaming service. Uh, we just released our new record, That Ain't It, um, out on Revival Recordings on October 7th. You can stream that everywhere your little heart desires. And we also have physical copies available at the Revival Recordings web store. We also just announced a little Midwest run that we're doing with Goalkeeper in November. Our boys. Uh, and we're opening for Stan Atlantic in again Des Moines. in Des Moines. So it was originally supposed to happen in Rock Island. That show got canceled and got moved to Des Moines, Moines and uh, we begged them to let us back on the lineup. They were like, hey, we were on the other lineup. Can we just drive the extra two hours and still open? And they were like, we don't know about that. And then they asked and then they came back and they're like, okay, sure. But you guys have to open. And we were like, yeah, no, we know. That was, yeah. (laughs) That was the thing. And we have another (laughs) another tour where it's not announced yet in December. It's a little baby tour, though, but with a really great band from... Chicago area. Chicago area. That's all we can say for now. Well, it was great having you guys on the show. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Oh, yeah. Thanks for happy to be here. Heck yeah. Well, this was another episode of Where Did All My Friends Go? Podcast about life in the music industry. And we will see you next week. Well, here we are, the end of the episode, but don't go just yet because I got something really important to tell you about. We'd like to thank Emo Night Treasure Coast for sponsoring this portion of today's episode. You like Emo Nights? Emo Night Treasure Coast has an event at Play Money Arcade in Stewart, Florida on October 30th at 7 p.m. It's Halloween time, baby! It's a full arcade with Dance Dance Revolution, Guitar Hero, Pinball Machines, Navy got PlayStation 5 and an Xbox. All ages are welcome, but obviously you gotta be 21 to drink. Let's be responsible. There's gonna be a costume contest with prizes for first, second, third place. There's a $10 entry fee if you come in costume for unlimited gaming. Make sure to follow them at Emo Night Treasure Coast on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Stay up to date. Get more details and, you know, see what other upcoming events they've got. Thank you so much again to Emo Night Treasure Coast for sponsoring this episode. And thanks again for watching this episode. Now get out of here, you rascals. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Please hit that like, subscribe, or follow button so you never miss an episode. And thank you so much to those of you who already are. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you stream your podcasts. If you're in the position to help us grow and like behind-the-scenes access and exclusive shows, 
head on over to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash unsignedpoppunk. Let us know in the comments who you'd like to see on the show and what other content you'd like to see. Thank you all so much.